0: From St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air.
1: And they had a kind of a makeshift stage and it was all, as I said, metal fold-out chairs that were uh, set down. And they started leaving en masse and all the chairs are making noises. I think some were like uh, purposely scraping them and making noise and they all it was and it took a while because there was a bottleneck at the door <laughs> and it <laughs> was a fight good to leave. <laughs> yeah it was a good like and nobody yelled and nobody threw anything and nobody went you suck or you know you're making fun of my best friend um but uh, uh definitely a speed bump in the next few minutes of the the set But, I mean, you know, you take anybody's comedy, uh, myself included, out of context and, you know, you're, there's going to be trouble.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can't shape your comedy so that QAnon will get it.
1: No, no, that's impossible.
0: I'm Sarah Funsky. Comedian David Cross has a few thoughts about COVID-19, specifically about people who refuse to get vaccinated or wear masks and just might pay for it with their lives.
1: What, what I'm saying is it's okay to wish them dead. It's all right. I'm giving you permission to wish them dead. It's, a, it's all right. Uh, uh, you know, don't be a dick about it. Don't, don't. You know, don't go on TV and uh, say it, but... uh, (laughs) You know, just quietly, in, in here, in your heart, you can wish them dead. And the reason it's okay to wish them dead is because wishes have no power. It's okay. It's fine.
0: And that is from David Cross's new special, I'm From the Future. It drops this Saturday. You can check it out on his website, officialdavidcross.com. And David Cross joins us today. David, welcome.
1: Wow, coming in hard there. Coming I, in.
0: I mean, <laughs> you know, in. you you do not mince words on this, huh?
1: The the most salacious part of the yeah, not easing into that at all. I mean, this is public all
0: radio. Right. We have to go right for the most salacious, sure. right? There
1: you go. That's what we're Get known the for.
0: Yeah. Well, so this new special uh, is this all about death?
1: No, no. Well, I mean, uh, it, there's that the the COVID stuff, and then I talk about um, in a very enlightening, humorous way about having to put my dog down. Oh, um, Yeah. So there's the, that part has death in it. The rest of it, 82% approximately. Oh, it's all the optimistic, joyful, life affirming stuff.
0: All that stuff people know and associate with you. Just they're, they're going to come and just laugh at <laughs> <Yeah. and, and laughs> life's pleasures, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. There's some stuff in there. Yeah. yeah.
0: So this is called I'm from the future. What's the, what's the joke on that?
1: Um, it, it, like the last uh, special I did uh, before this one, It the title comes from a bit, from a line in a bit. So I have a whole bit that's... The premise is I um, address a classroom full of, uh, like, seven-year-olds and explain to them what they're going to be like in the future and what's going to make them angry uh, in the future. It's a whole bit, you know, with the beginning, middle, and end. But that's that's where that the title comes from.
0: So you're the man from the future come to like sort of warn us like here's here's what this is going to be.
1: Yeah, well, not you. Just kids. Just kids. kids. Okay, I don't get the warning. It's too late. It's too late for you. I'm afraid (laughs) it's too late for you.
0: But you still believe you have hope for America's youth?
1: I do. I mean, that's the one part of me that uh, where I find hope and I have a... Uh, a little girl who's about to turn five next week and, um, I watch her and I watch her friends and her playmates and her classmates and that, uh, gives me total hope. Hmm.
0: So on the subject of that hope, I was watching your Netflix special "Making America Great Again" because I, I can't watch this one yet. It doesn't drop till Saturday. That's <laughs> when I will learn about the future. Um, you were talking a lot about America, and guns, and, and TV, and you were asking how many more innocent people have to be shot to death before we do something about it in this country. This mm-hmm. is a question that well-meaning people ask a lot. Well, you said you'd crunch the numbers, and that 1,776 people would have to die, but it can't be cumulative. It has to be all at once. Like we'd have this terrible mass shooting event. Well, a couple of years have passed since this special came out. I- I'm wondering if you still stand by this number. With America being what it is today, would it take more than that now?
1: No, I think it would take a little less actually. Not a tremendous amount less, but maybe 48 less uh, just because of all the the people we've lost um, uh, to covid and um you know the the our population decreased for the first time i think ever um and uh and it's and more and more people are going to die so i think it'll take a little a fraction less this time since we are we're dying earlier our quality of life is uh uh, dramatically, uh lowered and, um, uh, our, uh, you know, mortality rate is lower. So, yeah, yeah. So
0: we're we're a slightly smaller country, so we we, we can yes. have a little bit less carnage.
1: Again, just crunching the numbers, Sarah.
0: I'm I'm glad you're staying up on these calculations. I had wondered if you would come in with like the most up to date information. You're you're ready
1: for it. Always, I'm the Nate Silver of my room. <laughs>
0: So I got to ask, though, I mean, I thought this part of the special was very funny. And I I don't know, there's probably some people who will not find this funny at all. But you basically said, like, look, we need to do something about gun violence. Why don't we pay some white guy to go to the Kentucky Derby and basically launch a false flag <laughs> attack? And I thought, man, if somebody takes this little clip out of context, these conspiracy theorists are going to go crazy. Like you're
1: basically oh, yeah. well... speaking
0: to what they think happens here. Did that did anybody seize on this clip to try to to say this is what the left is up to you know they're going to plant a, a mass shooting uh
1: not that i'm aware of but i try to stay away from that stuff i mean those are like fringe crazy people uh and i i just for my own mental well-being i try to stay away from that stuff and and i'm not 100 successful but try to stay away from social media too oh wow um, but and again i'm not and and i have a, a special to promote so i've been on it pretty frequently in the last uh, three, four weeks. So, you know, I I, uh, unfortunately have to see some of the garbage that's out there, but um, I do try to stay uh, a bit away from it. Um, But I mean, you know, you take anybody's comedy, uh, myself included, out of context and, you know, there's going to be trouble.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can't shape your comedy so that QAnon will get it.
1: No, no, Uh, that's impossible.
0: So speaking of of maybe humorless movements, um, (laughs) before your tour was canceled, you had planned to come perform in St. Louis. Now you have kind of a history with St. Louis. You have called us the most humorless city (laughs) in America. Should we be insulted by this?
1: Uh, Yeah, of course. I would be. (laughs) That's a big insult, Um, David. I I don't know what the context was that for. I'm I'm sure I was being, uh, you know, a little... A little wry. Um I I I uh had not I had in the beginning of my career I did not have um very good experiences in St. Louis. I'm I'm sure it is all coincidental. It happens sometimes. Sometimes you have there are places where I always have a great set and there's some places where it's not that great. And for whatever reason, St. Louis was uh you know, I just never <laughs> did well there. And, um, uh, and then I had one specific experience at St. Louis University, uh, that was really bad. Um, I mean, it was funny for me, it'll go in my memoir, but, uh, it was, uh, you know, not good for the, the Jesuits there. And, um, and, so I think that's where that came from, because I, I guess somebody had s- noted that I hadn't played St. Louis on any of my uh, yeah, I mean, like, it, bigger tours. At
0: one point, you didn't play seven, St. Louis for 17 years. Apparently, this slew performance was so harrowing.
1: And I, don't, I honestly don't think it was uh, uh, the only place to the best of my memory, the only place I've ever said, no, I'm not going there is Florida. And I did that for a long time. And then on the, uh, on that tour that you're talking about, the making America great again tour, which is a couple tours ago. Um, I played three places in Florida. They all sucked so badly and it was not fun. And I'm like, it never oops sorry i didn't mean to swear sorry you said sorry. no more florida i said F it no more no more florida and i will stick to that um but i think st louis was just a weird coincidence and you know it when you're when you're routing these tours uh, i don't route it you know somebody else does uh the the agent but it's really complicated it's it's really tricky especially if you're doing a long tour and um and for whatever reason, St. Louis just wasn't on there. But I did it on the last tour and had a great time. Had a great time. Uh, I can't remember what theater I was in, but it was uh, it was really fun. It was a really fun show. I remember that. So
0: we were no longer humorless. That We'd maybe outgrown our humorlessness?
1: No, you're way down the list. I, t- I put, uh, let's see, you got uh, Tampa, uh, Orlando, uh, Palm Springs, I'm sorry, not Palm Springs. What's the other? Palm Beach. Oh, Palm Palm Beach. Beach. Yeah, they are humorless. Um, Yeah, gosh, who else? Uh, The Villages. My show at The Villages did not go over well at all. (laughs) Um, Mar-a-Lago, forget it. Not going back there. That's not a good Um, venue for
0: you. I mean, let's face it. No,
1: no, no. no, Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) I sold a lot of merch, though, oddly enough.
0: So this St. Louis University show that that set off this this long absence from St. Louis. This was apparently back in 2001. My my former paper, the Riverfront Times, has has dug deeply into the scandal of <laughs> of what got us labeled as being humorless. Um, and what happened is apparently they booked you thinking like, oh, this is this hilarious sitcom guy, and then you kind of exactly. came in with with some material yep. about Jesus, uh, which didn't necessarily go over. But what I thought was so funny is is you said they engaged in anti heckling like they didn't try to shut you down they just all it was, left
1: uh, it was impressive i gotta say it was and it was jarring too it it was more i've had people yell and scream and uh throw things but that was the most uh jarring they kind of it was it was actually i i i i, I you know have some respect for it but um uh, to preface it i was picked up in the car uh, it was a one-off, you know, it was a one-off gig, uh, college gig and they pay quite well. And, you know, I flew in from New York and, uh, and two kids, uh, picked me up at the airport and, um, like most comics, you know, I did, uh, what you usually do. It's like, Oh, tell me a little bit. So tell me about the school, tell me about the city, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and they're kind of going, well, um, St. Louis university is the oldest, uh, jesuit university in the country and we were founded in eight 18- and i'm like I, i'm sorry did i'm sorry Do you say it's a jesuit school uh yeah and um we were found i was like have you guys have you guys seen my act are you familiar with my act and the <laughs> the girl who was in the passengers he went um you're the chicken pot pie guy right and which is a line from a sitcom i you know have very little to do with it. I was like, oh boy, <laughs> this is going to be interesting. And I went and did the show, and then everybody I, I shouldn't say everybody, actually, uh, I would say 20% of the people stayed, and they were great. They all came up and brought their chairs up front, and then the rest of the show was really pretty cool. But I was no more than seven, eight minutes into the set, and it was all metal fold out chairs, you know, and there was one double door entrance. Uh, or sorry, single door entrance to whatever room we were in and they had a kind of a makeshift stage and it was all, as I said, metal fold-out chairs that were uh, set down and they started leaving en masse and all the chairs are making noises. I think some were like uh, purposely scraping them and making noise and they all it was, and it took a while because there was a bottleneck at the door <laughs> <laughs> and it I was a good, to leave. <laughs> yeah, it was a good, like, and nobody yelled and nobody threw anything and nobody went, you suck or, you know, you're making fun of my best friend. Um, but, uh, it was, it was very effective and kind of, you know, and it, it, it put a, uh, definitely a speed bump in the next few minutes of the, the set. And then I, you know, kind of recovered and, uh, um, and the the rest of us had a good time but there were as i said there was like 20% if that many people left.
0: Very few people left. Well, I'm glad St. Louis has recovered. Your most recent show here, uh, 2018, uh, when David Cross was here, we did well. We laughed hard. Yeah, it was
1: it was great. It was a good, it was a fun show. I remember that.
0: So, David, I think our team is ready to kill me because I have not asked you at all about Arrested Development. I am so sorry. Um, people love this show. And we have so many listeners who want to know, why is it not coming back?
1: Well, I mean, I would watch season 5 to get the answer to that. I think uh I think you know, there was a very earnest uh attempt to bring it back and I thought season 4 was really cool in the way that it was initially planned where uh that Mitch had for it to be all this kind of layered stuff and then they went and re-edited it um and i thought it was a a a cool somewhat noble experiment and it was interesting and uh i th- think season 5 was just um you know uh subjectively i don't think it was good there were a lot of problems a lot of issues that just we weren't able to overcome and i think the show suffered for it and i think You know, that's that. And also, you know, Jessica passed away and you can't do the show without her. So, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, it's done.
0: It has come to its end. Mm -hmm. Well, you, so this was such a funny show. People, tears in their eyes. You kind of pivoted and ended up in the HBO show Station Eleven, which was such a great show. Such a serious show. What was it like to film a show about, you know, the, the post-apocalypse world during a pandemic?
1: Well, first, let me say I I saw the the show a couple weeks ago. I, I burned through it so quickly. It was it was just wonderful. And uh, I mean, I think it's one of the best shows I've seen in years and years and years. I love the storytelling. I really gravitate towards that kind of storytelling. Um, I thought the, the, it looked beautiful. It was well-directed. It was, uh, there's some amazing acting in there. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of great people in there, but Himesh, Hamesh Patel was just stunned. I mean, it's just great. So it's, many it's, good it's actors. A, yeah. And, uh, um, and, uh, um, I mean, yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I was, I, i was in toronto i was uh in lockdown there uh was up there had to move the whole family up there because my wife was working on a show that was shooting there and then we realized pretty quickly we were gonna have to there was no coming back and forth at that point and um so we moved up there temporarily uh we didn't realize we were gonna be shut in for six months uh that was a bit brutal six
0: Um, months yeah
1: it was awful. It was really depressing. It was a tough time for me. It was tough on our marriage. It was, you know, luckily my daughter was young enough, so it didn't really affect her too much, but I was having a tough time with it. And, and at one point I I was just calling my agent saying, you know, just anything, I'll do anything to, to work and to get out of the house because literally everything was closed down. Everything was shut down. There's no bars or restaurants. There was no like, yeah, you can come in, but you have to wear a mask and stay six feet apart and show your vaccine. There was no, nothing, none of that. It was just shut down. And, um, and so one of the things I got to do, uh, was, uh, you know, offer this part on station 11 and it, and it suited me. And, the, uh, I was not familiar with the material, but I, I came to be, uh, Patrick, uh, Somerville was amazing. It was the showrunner writer, uh, he and I talked quite a bit on the phone and then in person. Um, and he sent me some scripts and I, I'm like, yeah, this sounds great. And then, you know, my actual participation was so, uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of in and out quick. Uh, we shot all that stuff over, I think six days, I want to say. Um, and, and it was, it was a treat to be able to, uh, uh, you know, get to work and to work on that, particular uh, show and uh, work with that cast and the people and, I got to work with,
0: and so David, I have to cut you off here. Unfortunately, we're yeah. out of time, but out of this suffering okay. ended up being beautiful art. And so, really, I mean, I it's, loved it. Yeah, it's I cried. Wonderful. I was watching
1: the the last two episodes. I was crying. I just it was it was a really really great show. I, I'm I'm so happy I got to be a part of that.
0: Well, David Cross, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, we want to let people know you can watch David's new special. It's I'm from the future. It starts this Saturday, February 12th, on his website, official davidcross.com This episode was produced by Jane Mather Glass with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Doerr Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks.